Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, hey, guys. Hey. It's Elizabeth. And Alex. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. Welcome. If this is your first time listening to the show, Alex and I are estheticians in Brooklyn, New York, and we get to see you here every Friday to teach you everything that we know about beauty and skincare while learning a thing or two from some friends and guest experts that come to hang. But today, we're having a fun conversation with our friend Millie DeCherico. She's not a guest expert. She's just a bad bitch that's going to talk to us about powerlifting and reframing beauty. So we have Millie on today to talk about beauty in non-conventional ways. We take a deep dive into her past and growing up in the 80s with all the weird fad diets and then coming into her own as an adult. And after basically dealing with a life or death situation, she took on powerlifting and is just a bad bitch. And we had a lot of fun chatting with her. We had a lot of fun chatting. And one of the things that... I really enjoyed speaking about with her was about, you know, how women's bodies just change over time and sort of, I guess, rectifying that in your mind and not even accepting it, but just dealing with it. But specifically because, you know, right now we're watching in the media, I hate talking about them, but like the Kardashians, right? And they're changing bodies (laughs) and how, you know, for so long, the aesthetic was this unrealistic, you know, huge booty and big thighs and like super curvy to the point that people are getting like these really risky surgeries flying down to Brazil to get BBLs. And then one day they decided that to change the aesthetic and get all that shit removed and now are like changing the silhouette and the I have no problem with what those girls do with their bodies. It's fine. What I have a problem is with is that nobody else can take all that shit out. Do you know what I mean? Like these are women who have so much money and so much, you know, power and the best doctors in the world that yes, they can just change their bodies as much as they want to whatever it is that they want it to be. But the rest of us don't have that privilege. And so the rest of us, for the most part, just have to sort of deal with and live through things that our bodies are going to do that we have control over or sometimes not. And how do you rectify that in your mind? How do you still love yourself? How do you still feel beautiful at the end of the day? Yeah. Hmm. I really liked that. (laughs) Shapiro. No, that almost made me like teary eyed. (laughs) Just see you looking at the cat, letting the cat's fucking tail flip you in the face. You're just like, oh. I'm not even looking at him. He's literally just rubbing himself against my arm. Yeah, it's like this fucked up. I was watching something on Instagram that was talking about like all like the subtle things that you can get done from a plastic surgeon. And I'm looking at it and it's just like those little things you could do, like make your um, jaw a little more pronounced, um, make your chin a little stronger or those like, I forget what they are, where it's not a nose job, but they like, I think they put some filler in to like Mm. even out stuff. Oh, non-surgical nose nose job. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And I'm looking at all this and I'm like, I have a feeling that like half the people that I look at on Instagram probably have stuff like that, which is why they look like perfect specimens. Yeah. And it just like puts it into perspective for me for a second. Like, girl, yeah, your chin is the way it is because you didn't pay to get it fixed. (laughs) Right. Right. Not that there aren't like perfect looking people, but I just feel like I don't know. And also not that there's anything wrong to get it fixed, but it's more so just being happy with yourself. 
and whatever that looks like yes. to you. And yes. that healthy and happy is like when you have mental and physical health, right? Yes. And I feel like Millie really like encapsulates that. Totally. And I admire her. Oh, she's the best, man. She was so candid and so honest. And it was really such a pleasure to have her share her story with us. Yeah. And I think it's just like very relatable because I feel like at least most women grew up where either someone in their household or a doctor or a friend, someone made them feel some type of way about their body, whether they were too fat, too Mm -hmm. skinny, whatever. And I think especially when it comes to like food related things and diets, it's just like very relatable that as a child we were introduced to these things and it's really fucked up. But I'm just happy that like she came out on the other side and has like a great relationship with her body. There's something to be said also for like, you know, now that I'm on the other side of 35 and I see this like obsession with youth, it's so fucking weird. Mm -hmm. Number one. Truly. It's so weird. Who wants to be 21? It sucked. It sucked. I'm sorry, but (laughs) not me. Sorry if you're 21 and listening. But it just, I say that because it gets so much better. It just gets so much better as you age. And the lie is that this is like the best time of your life is when you're like this young, like halfway point between being like a teenager and being an adult. And that's not true. The best for a woman anyway, I think is like 30 plus. And Millie just made me excited for 40 plus because turns out there's like another layer to this where you just say, fuck it. And this bitch is already at fuck. So I can't really tell how much more (laughs) further I can be. But it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. I'm like, oh, yeah, it really does keep getting better. Totally. Might be a little hot once you hit menopause. But, you know, there's fans. There's central AC. There's fans. There's hormone therapy. There's hormone therapy. Exactly. Got linen sheets. It's going to be fine. I'll get a nice cross breeze going. (laughs) It'll be fine. (laughs) That's how you deal with menopause. A cross breeze and linen sheets. That's it, because you know what I am going to have, girl? My mental health. I'm going to have my physical health because I'm yeah. going to be taking care of myself. So a bitch is hot, Aww. but hot, but hot. You know what I mean? <laughs> that should be like a... <laughs> a t-shirt? Yes. There's um a YouTube gal who's in her 50s, and her YouTube account is called Hot and Flashy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I thought that was very cute. That's very cute. Yeah. And she talks about like postmenopausal shit. Let's not like age Millie out of out of her forties. We're not, we're not getting so close to menopausal, but we're just saying shit gets better and better. It doesn't have to. It certainly isn't, and it doesn't have to be this you know slow march towards death. It's a fucking you know Beyonce boogie to the middle of the dance floor. Bad bitches to the left, money bitches to the right. Love that. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I just dropped a lyric. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> What else, Shapiro? Um, Before we jump in with Millie, anything else? Any housekeeping? Mm. I know what they could do. They could leave us a five-star review. A little rate, review, subscribe? A little rate, review, subscribe. Hey. Hey. We haven't sang that song in a long time. I know. That's why I said that. I'm like, rate, rate, review, subscribe? And then you break out in song. It's exactly how I envisioned it. Girl. You know, you, people in the podcast world can't see this, but we're eye to eye. Shabir and I are separate, but still step brothers for life. For L, step step bros. Yes, for L. All right, all right. That's enough from us. Without further ado, guys, please enjoy our conversation with the incredible Millie DeCherico. Enjoy. Hey. 
Hey, uh, my name is Millie DeCherico, and I am a film programmer and a film writer and a film historian. And I am a co-host of a podcast called I Saw What You Did <laughs> on the Exactly Right Network. Awesome. I am a huge fan of I Saw What You Did. Thanks. I love your show because I don't have the patience to sit down and watch movies. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's that ADD again. Like possibly different from a lot of other listeners. Yeah. No. No. I never told you this, Millie, but there is a long time in my life where I thought that I was watching movies, but I was really just watching images moving on the screen. And my mind was just somewhere else. I was like yes. daydreaming or whatever. And then once I started to get, um, you know, help from my ADD, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would start, I would like rewatch some movies and be like, oh, that's what this movie's about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like specifically V for Vendetta. I was like, Natalie Portman has a British accent in this movie. The entire movie takes that's place in hilarious. London. <laughs> entire movie. <laughs> like, how did I miss that? No that's idea. That's an intense movie, though. <laughs> yes, but Alex, one would think that you would have a little bit of a clue that she's got an English accent. Every time, and I'm just like, you've never seen Goodfellas? <laughs> I've seen it many times. Could I tell you anything about it? No. That's why I love your show. I love your show because I don't actually have to watch the film. Yeah. I can listen to you and your homegirl discuss it and discuss it in a really intelligent, emotional, passionate way, and from the lens of two women of color, which really puts a completely different take on on everything, I think. Yeah. No, I listen, thank you so much for saying that. I first of all, we do frequently get emails, messages from people saying that they don't they either don't really watch movies in general or they just don't watch the movies for the episode or whatever. And they're fine with just hearing us like give the overview of the movie, which is cool. I mean, I did that happens a lot for me too. I listen to a lot of other film podcasts and a lot of times there's movies I don't know about or know. And I like listening to people talk about them. And then usually it makes me curious to go watch it later or whatever. But even if people don't Mm. watch it later, I don't know. People just kind of like hearing about what the movie's about. So, yeah, that's what I imagine. Probably a lot of people like listen and then they're like, oh, now I want to watch. Yeah. And we try not to give away the endings for things because, you know, just in case people do want to watch. But, you know, we only give them away if it's like a really important part of like the conversation or if the movie is like super old and Mm -hmm. there is no spoiler window anymore. If it's a hundred years old, it's like, forget it. I'm spoiling it. It's like, yeah, we've all seen Greece. We know the ending. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things um, that I loved listening to you and Danielle speak about was your journey um, with your health. Mm. Would you kind of talk a little bit about that and like share with us? Yeah. Like your journey through health, sure. through your physical and I guess your mental health. Sure. So I um there's kind of just like my whole life, which is that I was always like a chubby little girl. And, uh, you know, I just had always sort of, you know, had weight um, issues. And um, I'm a child of the 80s. So it was like a lot of that was the 80s were like a really weird time for like fitness and health. It was a lot of like Jane Fonda workouts and slim fasts and mm-hmm. grapefruit diets and weird slim stuff. Fast. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, grapefruit diet. Yeah. And it was like, I joked about this on the podcast once that, you know, I was on all these like little kid diets for my entire life. And, you know, my mom was just kind of like doing her best. And, um, you know, at the time, it's just like when you're a little kid and you're doing this, like you're like, I don't know why I'm doing this because, you know, the only thing I know is that people are kind of telling me that I have the wrong body type of thing. Right. Yeah. Like, did it bother you or it was like your mom was kind of making you or your doctor? Yeah. No, it was like my mom, you know, my family. I mean, I never really had a doctor kind of tell me to do that, but I felt like in this weird way, it was sort of like... I think a lot of kids were going through that where it was just sort of like, I don't know, people, people's parents sort of decided that they wanted to try to get their kids to go on diets to change themselves or whatever. I don't know. And at the time, though, I was like, I didn't know any better. I was just like, I guess I will go to these things, even though I feel like somebody's disappointed in me and that didn't feel good. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? I mean, you're a kid. All that you yeah. do when mm-hmm. you're a kid, you just do what your parents tell you to do. You don't, there's, it, I mean, for me, there was not a no. Yes. Like, uh, what are you going to say? I'm going to sit in my room instead? Yeah. Fuck off, mom. Right. Like, <laughs> well, and then eventually, you know, you get to like middle school and high school and then it becomes very obvious. That, I mean, people will really like put you in your place about, being different or looking different, obviously. But then at the same time, I started playing sports. So it ended up being this kind of thing where I just was always like playing sports all the time. And I I played softball for my high school's varsity team. And so there was this whole like other part of it where I was like, well, now I just like, I feel like I'm just an athlete, you know, and maybe the judgment about it is different now or something. It just felt like now yeah. I'm sort of seen as athletic and it's I'm not just like a fat girl. I'm just like a, a girl that plays sports or something. It's not just like for the viewing of other people. It's like there's a use for it. Right. And that's, you know, obviously a really un- interesting conversation to have uh, at some point just about the difference there, the the shift. But then, you know, it's like after high school and I just stopped playing sports and got into like music and, you know, going out with my friends and partying and stuff. So it's just kind of this thing where I just kind of stopped um, really kind of (laughs) being active in any way. Uh, But then, uh, yeah, then at some point in my mid thirties, I started kind of going back to the gym and I started um, taking these uh, dance classes in Atlanta that I start, I got really, really into. And at some point I lost a, a pretty, pretty significant amount of weight. And it was just like feeling really, um, I don't know, just sort of like peak physicalness for me. Like I just felt like really strong and I was doing a lot of cardio, pretty much all cardio. Mm -hmm. I got really into exercise. I was, uh, you know, had a personal trainer at one point, but then I was exercising maybe like four or five times a week, sometimes, you know, twice a day, two a days, as they call (laughs) it. Wow. Um, but it was like, I don't know, to me, it wasn't really a kind of response to changing myself. It was just like, I felt good. And yeah. um, I just really wanted to be active. And I was having a lot of like, all of my um, the people I was in these dance classes with were super supportive. I ended up becoming like really good friends with them. And so we were kind of this like little dance crew. Um, Wait, what kind of dance were you guys doing? It's like hip hop dance. Um, oh my God, Millie, I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> I cannot wait to see you dance. I oh can't wait. I'm a terrible dancer. I have so much respect for people who can like find rhythm in their bodies. <laughs> I can find the rhythm, but not through my whole 
cuerpo. Do you know what I mean? No, I hear. So. I hear yeah. <laughs> um, so I love this for you. This is great. Yeah, I always had loved dancing. Like when I was growing, me and my sister used to make videos of ourselves dancing to like Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation, and you know, like we were like such like little dance kids. Uh, yeah. I always talk about how it's yeah. because we're Filipino. Like Filipinos love dancing, uh, mm. and so you know, it just became the thing that we did so much as children. But then, yeah, I kind of got into that. I'm still into it, obviously, but I was really going hard. And like I said, just really like doing a lot of cardio, not a lot of strength training. But then um, at the end of 2018, I basically thought I had the flu. (laughs) Uh, It was around Thanksgiving time. I was living in LA and I was feeling kind of shitty for like a week. Um, and was, I had like a little low grade fever and I was having like, you know, just sort of like tiredness, but just felt like I had the flu or, you know, COVID didn't exist, but it kind of felt like COVID or something. Um, and then I ended up being rushed to the emergency room. And I, as it turns out, I had a benign tumor in my abdomen that, basically punctured a hole in my organs and um it uh i I was in septic shock basically oh my god and that's oh my god and you're like i think i have the flu that whole week that i thought i had the flu was really (gasps) that i was in i had sepsis and there was like bacteria all over my Mm. abdomen and Mm. you know i had no idea this was happening. Like I just, I had, I had gone to like a doctor and I got antivirals for the flu and, you know, and so obviously it was like a huge sock. Oh my God. I went to the hospital and they were basically like, you got to go into surgery right now. Oh and my God. at that moment I had never been to a hospital before. I had never had a surgery. I mean, I was like pretty much had never had health problems in my entire life. And I was 39 when that happened. And so oh. I ended up having two surgeries um, where, and, and, you know, it was pretty bad. Like I had, I was in septic shock. So I had like respiratory failure, renal failure, like, oh my God. and basically what had happened is they did this, I think it's called an exploratory lapromotomy, but it's basically just like, they cut you right down the middle and they go into your abdomen and do whatever they have to do. So after it was all sent in, I was in the hospital for like two weeks And it was kind of crazy. The doctors were like, they were kind of doing this thing where they were telling me stuff like, yeah, you're really lucky to be alive. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. Like, the hell? Crazy. And they were like, well, if you were older, you would probably be dead. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) Like, okay. How to, right. Like what like weird shit to say to someone. And especially like, I had never had this experience of being in a hospital or anything before. So I was really like, I was having like moments, many, many moments. Um, And then they put you on like medications and stuff and you're just like out of it. So it was, it felt all almost like a dream, Mm. but you know, I had this giant scar, down the middle of my body and I had to wear a wound vacuum you know it was basically like a yeah yeah. they do that now apparently it's no longer the Frankenstein stitches that I had thought was going to happen it's more like a robot that kind of heals you up quicker but it still took like at least I think it was like three and a half four months 
of having this wound vacuum. I had to have a, like a home healthcare aide come to the house like three times a week to like clean it up. And I was sleeping on my back. I mean, it was insane. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, so it was just like this whole moment where everything I was doing stopped. Like I didn't exercise for, I was like kind of like recovering for like a year from that experience, you know, with like the wound stuff. Then I had had like a lot of, you know, energy issues because I had had so many like antibiotics and things like, you know, I had had two major surgeries. So it was this like my hair fell out and I was, you know, it's just like a, my body was sort of was like a lot. recovering from septic shock. Right. So it was really like an entire year where I didn't um, pretty much exercise at all. Um and then COVID happened. <laughs> so it was wow. like, um, so then I didn't do shit again for a while. Yeah. So it was, so it was this thing where I was like, okay, so I was going, I, I felt very, I was at the strongest and the healthiest that I felt like I was in my adult life. And then I had two major things happen to me, you know, within the course, like right on top of each other. So I just lost all of my like muscle, my, I mean, I lost the appetite to go hard, to like take classes and to exercise. And it was kind of a bummer. I was going through a lot of like, I guess it's depression, but it was mostly like, why is this happening? And now I I felt like I had worked up to this thing and then it just went away. And then now I have to start over again. And that was really hard for me. And that's kind of like why I, at some point earlier this year is kind of when I, I started getting back into fitness in a major way. And then I started lifting. So now we're up to this point, I think. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. I had no idea. You had sort of touched on what happened to you, but I had no idea how just that. I mean, that was obviously really such a traumatic thing for you to go through. Mm-hmm. And Wow, thank you for sharing that. I guess that's all I want to say. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That's insane. Yeah. Also, so insane that you were just like, I feel a little run down, like I have the flu. And then it turns out like, no, your organs are failing. Yeah. Listen, I I mean, it, it... I wish it wasn't so dramatic to like to because uh, it feels so dramatic. And I'm like, I wish it was just I had a gallbladder, a gallbladder thing. And then it just, you know, like that was it. But um, right. So I, the actual tumor is called a desmoid tumor. And it's basically like a soft tissue tumor. It's benign. Thank God. Mm-hmm. But it's still in my body. So I have to get um, scans for it oh. every six months. Mm-hmm. I just I just had one a couple weeks ago. I just uh, talked to my oncologist yesterday about it. Everything was looking good. Yay. Um, yeah. It's, is, is that to make sure it doesn't turn malignant or it doesn't get it too big? It doesn't get too big. Because basically what... Oh God, mm-hmm. this is so weird to even say this because it seems like a science fiction movie, obviously. But like... So essentially, it, it, I had no idea it was in my body. And then it got to the point where it hit, like, it perforated or something, my small intestines or something. And mm-hmm. so part Oof. of, like, what happened in the second surgery is I had to kind of remove a section of my intestines. And so I was mm. healing from that part. But also the tumor kind of got, like, I don't know if it exploded or what. I mean, it's like, 
so there's so it's still left in my body because they couldn't like remove it because it's in a very weird place in my abdomen it's mm. it's in the mesentery which i didn't know what that was at all but it was it's basically a collection of of tissues that keep your your intestines to your the walls of your body right okay so that they're not just like flopping around wow yeah 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 it's like the glue like the cement that holds everything together yeah so they're not flopping around (laughs) imagine anytime you like went for a jog yeah yeah. all your organs you feel them okay so that's kind of interesting so now this thing that almost essentially killed you is now living with you and Mm. you have to redefine what the rest of your life is going to look like and how you're going to feel about this right like yeah i mean that's kind of what we the crossroads I suppose we all come to at some point in life is like sometimes it's just like, all right, well, this is what it is. What am I going to do? Am I going to keep moving forward? Am I going to sulk? Like what, what am I going to do? Right. (laughs) And so you, you chose recently specifically, like when you were, you know, talking about going to the Y and taking out your two piece swimsuit, it seems like you chose, well, fuck it. Here I am. I'm beautiful. This is what it is. So can you kind of talk to us about that, like, transformation a little bit? Yeah. I mean, we talked about this on the pod about, you know, being a woman who has, like, always been overweight. You know, you just have, like, this... I won't say it's a natural, like, anxiety about swimsuits and um, (laughs) various forms of undress. Um, But I did. I certainly did because of the culture of people's, you know, judgments and stuff that we all face, no matter who we are. Yeah. So I'd always had like a weird, you know, vibe about like being, you know, in a bathing suit, let alone a two-piece bathing suit. I never owned a two-piece bathing suit in my life. But then adding to that, the fact that I'm like, in my mid 40s now so that complicates things obviously and then i have this giant scar going down the middle of my body which is a little Hmm. you know i know how to feel about that either totally Um, so i was like wow okay like there's a lot going on with me right now and there was like a whole period after the first, like, after I had fully recovered from, from the surgeries, like, that first year where I was just like, damn, like, I got a lot going on. I probably should, like, go to therapy. And I ended up yeah. doing that. I went to, um, when I was in L.A., you know, L.A. is going to L.A. They have therapists for all <laughs> kinds of things. And yeah, is going to L.A. Yeah. <laughs> he was, like, a body trauma therapist. And he... um he was really, um, really great. He helped me out a lot with just sort of <clears throat> processing shit. And, you know, there was a lot of like talk therapy, but there was also a lot of like, I guess it's called touch therapy with like a lot of like blankets and warm pillows yeah. and stuff. So it was great. But yeah, I, I so I had to go through that whole thing because I just wasn't sure how to feel. And then now I'm like living in Atlanta again and it's hot as fuck here. And so I was just like, Okay, I'm sitting in front of the Nordstrom website or whatever it was, and I was like, there's this two-piece bathing suit on sale, uh, which is always my thing. Love a sale. <laughs> I love a love sale. A sale. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to buy this bathing suit, and I'll just, you know, if I decide to wear it, I'll wear it. And then it just kind of sat in the closet for a while, and then I just was like, I don't know. One day I was like, I'm going to the YMCA, I'm swimming, and 
I can't find the other bathing suit, so I guess I'm putting this two-piece on. And I just put it on, and it was this moment where I was like, all right, are you bold enough to finally do this? Like, you know, I think you might be ready. And going to the YMCA during the day on a Tuesday afternoon, it's a soft launch. It's not like, you know, <laughs> going to like Palm Springs <laughs> Hotel or whatever. Yeah, but who wants to do that anyway? Do right. you know, it's it's because you're doing it for you. Totally. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's right. you're not doing it for the crowd. Right. You're doing it for Millie. And so it's better to do it on a Tuesday in the middle of the afternoon, you know? Yeah, totally. And um. I don't know. In that moment, I just kind of was like, I'm taking this shit back. Like, I, this is my yes. power. Like, I, I, I don't care I anymore. That. Like, this is who I am. And I'm just, you know, I want to be happy and I want to think that I'm everything. And I'm just I, I, I got to stop caring about this kind of stuff. And it was. Yeah. So that I was this. You know, I want to think that I'm everything. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's like, why list the things that I want to be? I want to be at all. Mm-hmm. And Millie's, I think that there's so much like parading, do you know? Yeah. And there's so much, what do they call it? Like stunting, stunting for the gram or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like at the mm-hmm. end of the day, we're living life for us. Yeah. Like we're living life for ourselves. And then like everybody else who benefits from that is living a better life, whether it's your kids, whether it's your partner, whether it's your friends. But like it has to start with like living life for you so that you can then be, your, you know, it's like putting your oxygen mask on. Definitely. I th- I think we also like grew up in the 80s and the 90s where like diet culture was really, really big mm-hmm. and also wasn't even trying to be disguised as anything else. Mm-mm. Like it was straight up like, no, you're fat. You need to go on a diet. Right. This is the diet. And sometimes you won't even eat food on the diet. Yep. Um, my sister is Gen Z and she uh, like put on some weight while she was in college. And my stepmom was getting on her about it. And she was just like, I'm happy with how I look. Yeah. Like, I, I don't mind that I've like gotten bigger. And I was like, I, I'm so proud of you for feeling that way and I was like are you sure you're not just saying that because you're like stubborn and she was like no she's like I don't care it's like I feel happy like I don't give a shit and I was just so impressed I'm like at her age in my early 20s I wish I felt now how I do at 34 I wish I felt that way my whole childhood and adolescence and because I was told by a doctor that I was overweight, which is why I asked you before, because being told that at like 10, yeah. most likely the reason for my eating disorder once I was like 15, mm-hmm. no doubt. So I was just so proud of her. So I wonder if things are changing. I think that they are a little bit. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little older than you guys. And I got to tell you, like, it was incredible to see even like when you're shopping online and seeing bigger models and Mm -hmm. seeing, um, you know, people in commercials and on TV. I mean, it just wasn't, a that was not the vibe in the 80s and 90s, it just wasn't. And there certainly wasn't clothes. Like cute clothes were impossible to find when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. And I mean, granted, I I was in high school in the 90s where it was like a lot of the girls were wearing like old man cardigans and giant 3XL t-shirts and giant corduroys it's like we were all wanting to be like skater girls so it was like sort of like (laughs) nothing was really looking cute it was just we all look like old men or whatever (laughs) but but if you wanted to (laughs) yeah like if you your mom had to you know force you go to church with her like if you were like you know trying to 
do some fancier function. It was an impossible, impossible mm-hmm. to find cute clothes in like any store, like even Target or, you know, the Gap or whatever. Yeah. So that shit has completely changed. I mean, where I'm like, pretty much every decent place has a plus size section, like, you know, and I got to tell you, that's just so different from what yeah. I, how I grew up. So... Well, I think it's like yeah. two different things. One is, you know, if you think about our parents' generation, the boomers, like it was it, it was not acceptable to be overweight. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about like the food that they were eating then, it wasn't as processed as our food is now. And so it was very hard. I mean, quote unquote, very hard to be overweight aside from uh, quote unquote laziness. Right? right. It was it just it wasn't as uh, prevalence as it is now mm-hmm. and then I think that our one is the like Gen Z a lot of Gen Z their parents uh, could be like our age you know so it's like us people who are our age who grew up the way that we grew up and are kind of like uh, trying to reverse like flip the script I suppose yeah but then the other thing and this is kind of fucked up but like it's the truth is capitalism But the thing that isn't fucked up (laughs) is visibility. And so the fact that there is so much more visibility because of the Internet that you see so many different cultures like the standard was European Mm. for many, many, many years. And European, for the most part, Eastern uh, Western Europe anyway, is like a very slender frame. And if it was anything besides that, then that's on you. Yeah. And I think that with the visibility and seeing that different cultures have different body shapes and for some people it's impossible to fit into that because it's like genetics. Yeah. Just period. And so with visibility becomes consumerism. And so these brands I think have no choice because the people have spoken. Yeah. It's like, you know, the last 10 years, for sure, we've just seen this like revolution of, you know, the body positive uh, revolution. Um, but then also even like Fenty Beauty, like, all you know, having all these yep. more shades, having just the access to capital for smaller businesses to now actually be able to say like, all right, fine, you're not going to make it. I'll make it for them. Right. And so like then there's this rise of, you know, independent people making the products. So it's all of these different really interesting factors, I think, that come together to to bring us to where we are today, which is awesome. But yeah. something else that I really liked that I heard you say, Millie, was that the body positivity movement kind of turned a little bit toxic in that it was like, like yourself no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay to be like, well, what if I don't like this? What yeah. if like I want to change this? Yeah. Like that should be okay too. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, I, I kind of struggle with this a little bit in my own fitness, right? Which is that I don't, at this point right now, I am not dieting. I am not like doing some kind of thing where I want to, you know, basically, you know, 
I, I don't have that mindset, that dieting mindset. And I don't really want to because I've done it for so long that I'm just like, no, I'm, I'm kind mm. of done with it. Um, and just in my my own dieting experience, it's like I have lost significant amounts of weight and then, you know, almost died and then had, you know, went through a global pandemic and that shit just came back on magically. Yeah. You know, so it's that thing where yeah. I'm like, that's my experience of having... Um, you know, these moments where it worked and then I kept it off for many years and then shit happens. So I just feel like, you know, I'm not in that mindset personally. I mean, depriving it. yourself sucks. Yeah. It's awful. And also Truly. if if your median, if your body is telling you maybe like where your median is mm -hmm. and it's always been this way, maybe your body knows. Yeah. I mean, that is something. I mean, th there is a point where you can try all you want to 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 lose a bunch of weight, but your body will protest at a certain point. Mm -hmm. Like my family's from Eastern Europe and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense that I have the body that yeah. I have. It's like very typical of an Eastern European woman. All things that I used to hate, like my boobs being saggy, my ass being really wide and like with no shape, cellulite, all these things. And it's like, well, I could fight it all I want, but this is like the people I'm from. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So... Not to say I think like what Elizabeth was saying, like people should if someone wants to change something like I think if my thighs bothered me enough and I wanted to get liposuction, I see nothing wrong right. with that. But I guess it I guess it also depends. Like, where is that coming? Or from? it's like exercise. Like, you know what I mean? It's like I know there's, yeah. I have a friend who is like really unhappy with their body post postpartum and is like crying on the phone and it's like I know that I'm supposed to love my body no matter what but like I don't like this version of myself mm. like I I miss my old body and it's like that's fine yeah and that's also normal you know it's like you you were in one body for the, your whole life and then now you're in this other and there's nothing wrong with wanting to go back yeah or at least mourning that you know yeah that, and that's kind of for kind sure of what I was saying in a weird way it kind of I had to go through like the entire spectrum of possibilities before I, I came back to where I'm at now, which is that everything that I'm doing is in an effort to be strong. It doesn't come from this place of being like, well, I just yes. want to look hot and get a lot of fucking dudes. You know, I'm like, nah, mm -hmm. that's, that is yes, not yes, my yes. damn vibe. I mean, I'm, I, I just, just not who I am. Um, yeah. And so in this moment, I am, I am eating to supplement my strength training, which mm. some people might say is a little like there's this very and, and I don't listen, I'm not an expert on this, but, you know, there's a lot of discussion about people who are trying to recomposition their bodies for strength training or for bodybuilding and how that's dieting. But, you know, like it's, it's a big conversation about how well and how come like if you're just like, you know, eating like 14 protein bars a day and you're restricting your calories. How is that not dieting or whatever? And I, I get that it's kind of a interesting discussion to have, but I feel like at this point right now, I, I'm just trying to supplement what I'm doing, which is that I'm lifting heavy weights. And yeah. in order to do that, I have to eat a lot more protein than maybe in a normal diet with nobody doing anything. Right. Yeah. And that to me, I think is goes back to your point is where Body positivity is wonderful. It's like uh, really inspiring, but it's also like, you know, some people do want to make some changes and it it's not that they don't like themselves or something. Totally. 
And also, I I would venture to say that the difference between dieting and um, what you're doing is that dieting to me has like a there's a timeline, a beginning and an end point. I want to diet because I want to fit into this dress. I want to do this because Mm -hmm. I want like this one moment. And then as soon as it's over, you're going to go back to like, you know, whatever is your norm. Whereas like you're taking nutrition into your own hands and saying like, this is what I need for my body to work optimally, which is why we should be eating anyway. We eat to nourish our bodies and to give ourselves energy and to give ourselves fuel. Mm. And you need a lot of fuel right now. So you're trying to optimize. Right. There's a huge difference between the two. Yes. Yeah. And I think, too, with exercise, now that I'm a little older, I definitely work out because of the health benefits, not to like look a certain way or to lose weight. Whereas I think a lot in my 20s, that was my goal with working out. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's so much more fucking freeing to just be like, I'm doing this because it makes me feel good. I know that it'll be good for me as I age. And that's that. It makes me feel better like a badass it makes me feel strong yeah i also i don't lift heavy like you do but i do like lifting weights and that in particular makes me feel like really really good Mm. i think also because it was for many years kind of i don't know it just seemed like men lifted weights yeah right and like a hundred percent and that i think is also something that has changed like throughout the years because you're totally right like when i was growing up it was like you never saw women powerlifters. You never, like, I mean, you would see, like, you would maybe go see, like, pictures of women in, like, a competition, like a bodybuilding competition. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But for the most part, anytime I saw a woman pick up, it was, like, a tiny, like, two-pound weight for, like, you know, an aerobics class or something. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that has completely changed. And now, I mean, I belong to a women's barbell club. and I love that. I saw that. Yeah. on your Instagram before. I think it's awesome. Yeah, and it's been amazing. Like, I've been doing it for eight months now. It kind of came from, like, this inside joke that we had had on the podcast on I Saw What You Did. It, it kind of started as a joke, but then it got real. And then I'm like, oh, shit. Like, now I'm deadlifting, like, over 200 pounds. I guess I took that joke too far. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I love it. It's like... um The women in that class are super inspiring. Like there are women who are, gosh, they're like weigh maybe like 125 pounds and they're like bench pressing 250 pounds. And I'm just like, how in the hell? I mean, it's kind of incredible. And women of all ages, of all colors, of all stripes. I mean, it's amazing. It's like really, really inspiring. And it, and that's, that's kind of what the club is about is it's sort of like saying there's always been this weird misogynist bullshit where women can't have muscles and they, you know, they, they're not supposed to be strong. They're not supposed to look physically strong. They're supposed to have like lithe, skinny bodies and not muscular big bodies. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, everyone's realizing that's all bullshit. Okay. One of my friends said, and I think maybe it was on this podcast that every time women get ahead a little bit socially, politically, there is some ridiculous um, beauty standard that tries to pull them back and right. tries to make them weak and tries to um, hold them down. And the reason that the norm is for you to be frail, thin, and not have any muscle is so that you can't fucking escape. <laughs> and right. I'm being facetious, but I'm not being facetious. It's so that you don't have any power. Because I swear to God, we keep this shit going. Like, look, my womb is going to stay empty, I'm pretty sure. However... <laughs> 
Women keep the world rocking. Without us, there's no more humans. And so if we figured that out and had the strength to do something about it, what the fuck are men going to do? So the idea of keeping women so weak and so frail and that they can't do anything is so that we stay unempowered. Yeah. There's a direct correlation to me visually. <laughs> I can yeah. see like absolutely. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. I feel like I have so many. I have a friend named Leah who also um, is a weightlifter. She's really small. She's like 4'11". When she competes, she sometimes competes. I think she's like less than 115 is her weight wow. class. She's also vegan, which is yeah. wild. And builds so much muscle. She has to be like really on top of her protein yeah. intake. But she, yeah, is like so muscular, so strong. She also does pole and she now dances pole at a bar. And her and the other gals who dance there, they're all have really insane muscle. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting next to a dude at the bar one night and he was like, oh, they're also like muscular. I'm like, how the fuck do you think they do this shit on the pole right. without having muscle? You know, because yeah. he was kind of like not into it. And I was like, all right, dude. You know, and that's... I should have told him all. Exactly. You know, for every guy that complains that a, a woman shouldn't look physically strong, there's another guy that's like, I want that woman to crush me. You know, I want her. I want her to to, like take me through her muscular thighs and crush my skull. I mean, it's like you know, I I feel like there's like I hate that shit. And I got to be honest with you, a lot of like what these revelations that I've been having about two piece bathing suits, about like powerlifting, about all this stupid shit is truly because I've reached this point of my age where I'm like, I just don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't care what men think of me. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know when that happened because, you know, obviously, like, when I was growing up, you know, I was really, like, self-conscious and, you know, obviously wanted boyfriends and wanted to date and wanted to be thought of as beautiful by men and that kind of stuff. But then, I don't know, just over the course of the years as they've gone by... I think I've like reclaimed myself, you know, in this in this way where I'm just like, I don't do it for anybody else anymore. I do it for me. And at the end of the day, if there's going to be a guy that's going to not like what I look like or not like what I'm doing, then so be it. That doesn't propel me anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Totally. I will say also that same night, <laughs> there is a guy sitting two seats down from me who is slipping her, my friend, to 20 every time she danced in front of him. <laughs> she made 300 bucks that night just from this one guy. I totally. Look at Serena Williams. Oh, I know. Her fucking husband is a billionaire. What's his name? The Reddit guy? Yep. Yeah. Alex, is that yeah. his name? Yes. Yeah. Seems very happy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Very, very happy. Yeah. I mean, Serena Williams, I mean, it's just like, I think that she was just such a, like, she really bust the door wide open for a lot of shit. Like, yeah. when it comes to bodies, hell, I hell mean, yeah. anything. Like, she's just, she, like, really is inspiring. And I watched yeah, that documentary incredible. of her, you know, trying to get back yeah. to, and I was like crying during it because in this really weird way i mean not that i'm at any physical level that she's at you know but it was that thing of like oh yeah i know what it's like to have to start over too and it sucks and the the episodes where she was like she did not want to go train that day she didn't want to go play tennis for six hours and she wanted to breastfeed and 
do whatever she wanted to do. I was like feeling that shit. I was like, I, it is so hard to get back to this place that you used mm. to be at and after lots of time and things and circumstance. So I was like really emotional watching that. <laughs> I just, but I made me love her even more because it was super, yeah. it was super real, you know? Totally. Totally. She's awesome. She's really awesome. Yeah. Well, and also like that we, like as women, our bodies just change so much as we age. It's constantly reevaluating, you know, constantly looking and being like, well, now what? You know, from like puberty to motherhood to, you know, postpartum to like just menopause and everything in between. And then also like just the stress from societal pressures to be this thing. And if you are any type of like critical thinker or maybe even like a feminist, like I'm constantly thinking like and reevaluating, do I feel this way because I feel this way or do I feel this way because society is telling me that I should feel this way? Yeah. Because like other influences are telling me that I should look this way or, or whatever. And it's like constant just balance check, yeah. which is exhausting in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, truly. I guess from OK, for me personally, this like attitude that I have now about working out because it makes me feel good, um, eating things because it makes me feel good doesn't come easy. It's still something that I especially because I've dealt with an eating disorder in mm-hmm. the past. It's something that I kind of have to like click into my brain. Um, and I often remind myself that the way that the world views me is so like fleeting, like how I feel day to day is so much more important. Yeah. Because I don't know, you, you die eventually. And it's like, (laughs) what's going to make you feel the best as you get into old age, right? Like starving yourself and having unhealthy relationships with food or like at least taking the steps to learn how to like nourish your brain, nourish your body and take care of yourself. And I think, yeah, with all of that comes you being really attractive, whether it's like to friends, to men, women, whoever you're into sexually. But like, I don't know. Yeah. I notice as I get older, I attract different people, whether it's like friends or whatever. Yes. And I think that's all like a reflection of that. Right. Yeah. I I mean, I will say like I I'm very drawn to people who feel like they're thriving in their own skin like people who are just yeah they have a zest for life they have um you know and that is obviously like that can mean so many things but I feel like there's a sense of contentment with with kind of how I feel now and I'm not saying I'm perfect. Like there are days where I wake up and I'm definitely cursing the like old lady chin hair that I'm having to pluck all the time or, you know, whatever. Like I just have, <laughs> I have moments where I'm like, I'm not feeling myself today. But it's also like when I'm out in the, the world and I'm like looking at people and talking to people, engaging with people, it's just, I do feel like the people that I'm drawn to the most are just, are just people that just are, you know, kind of like living their best life and, and so that can only mean the same for me in a weird way. You know what I mean? And like yeah. I said, it's that yeah. thing of like, it's it's not easy to like wake up every day and get out of bed and do the things that you want to do to make yourself happy. Especially, I mean, I I am not married. I don't have kids. I live by myself, you know? So I'm always just like- The best. Al- all, the, all three things are the best that you Sounds just said. Nice. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <Sound> the best. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't- 
Far be it. I, I don't want to begrudge people who are, but I'm having a good time. I am. I'm not going to lie. I'm having a good time. And I know, Millie, the samesies, like the three things you just named, I'm like, girl, living that same life. It's pretty sweet. It ain't bad over here. It's not. It, oh, my God. I just, oh, God, I just had this talk with a friend of mine last night about... You know, I'm back in Atlanta and I am hanging out with a lot of my old friends and a lot of them are parents and, you know, it's much different than L.A. I think you guys know that. I mean, it's like places like New York and L.A., a lot of people are single. A lot of people don't yeah. have kids. A lot of people aren't doing mm-hmm. the whole traditional it's the norm. That, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, I'm back in my hometown is basically what I'm saying. Right. And people are looking at you and saying, oh, you ain't got no kids. You ain't got no husband. Oh, you live by yourself. They're like, oh, like you just wrote a book and you have a podcast and you're working all the time and all this good shit's happening. You fancy type of thing. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, OK, so I'm now I'm supposed to feel bad because I'm just like doing my own thing. I don't know. To me, I'm like, yes, there's always going to be people that are threatened by that, too. Right. It's, it's well, much... they're, I mean, they're haters. It's not even that they're haters. Always. I think I th- I don't care if anybody comes for me. I think that as women, we have there's a choice to make and I don't it's not explicitly stated and you don't really know this unless somebody tells you, but it's very hard to have it all. Yeah. So having it all is a goddamn lie. You can have it all at different times, but at the same time, yeah. it's very, very, very difficult. Yep. You have to have be within a certain wealth class. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not within that wealth class, you kind of have to make a decision. Do I want a career or do I want a family? Yeah. You can do both, but it's very difficult. Yeah. And so I think that the three of us knew that was a decision, a choice to be made. And we mm-hmm. clearly have all made our choice. And I think that there's a lot of people that didn't know that that was how di- how truly difficult it would be, how much you truly would have to give up and um, are feeling a little bit bamboozled. Yeah. And I think that that's why they're coming at you, because you're doing the things that they wish that they could do. Well, but it's like and it's funny because at the same time, you know, this is evidence from the the people in my dance class. These people are older than me. These are people in their 50s. Some Like some of them are even older, like 60s. Oh, they, then they definitely didn't have a choice, girl. Yeah. And they have families. They have kids. They have husbands and wives and stuff. But they make the time like they they have decided that they, you know, are you know, getting back into fitness and doing their own thing. And, you know, like, I think it definitely is the individual. Like some people are not just, they're just not happy in who they are and whatever choice that they've made. And it's sad. But for me, again, like with all of everything that I said today and everything that I will say today, I feel like it's just like your results may vary with all of it. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm cool with what with who I am and I like my life. And I mean, some yeah. people think like this childless woman is pouring her sadness into barbells or something. And I'm like, no, like I just legit love doing it. I legit. That's, a, that's weird. Yeah. That'd be a weird sadness. Isn't it so weird though yeah. that that's still a thing where it seems and not that long ago, someone said, when I said I didn't want kids, oh, you'll change your mind. I know. People are always trying to talk huh? you out of it. And it's kind of, it's very offensive. Yeah. Imagine if someone was like, oh, I can't wait to have kids. And I was like, oh, you'll change your mind. <laughs> it would be so, like, con- controversial. Yeah. 
the amount of people I wish I could say that to that I was just like, oh, girl, not you, not you. Yeah. Mm-mm. Right. Like it would be so sassy, but it's fucking sassy to tell me I'll change my mind. Yeah. Like also stop making me feel like there's something wrong with me totally yeah. because I don't desire that. Yeah. It's my dad fair. legit the other day was just like, you made the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, like I think a my lot dad, of that the father of four is is family pressure. Yeah. Like I'm really lucky that my parents always supported everything. They are like there were this happened like over the holidays last year where I was like doing the whole thing where like, are you sure that you're okay that I am not married and don't have kids and I'm 44 years old? And they're like, Yeah, we don't give a shit. Like it's totally fine. You you seem like you're totally fine. And I was like, oh, yeah, thanks. I am fine. And I'm so glad I have you guys to, like, support me in doing the stuff that I do. I mean, that's not I'm very lucky. There's a lot of people who are, like, getting shit every day for, you know, who they are. And I'm just I'm very lucky to to have a family that supports me. But, yeah, the kids thing. I mean, I did not want them. And then I was like, oh, now I pretty much can't have them. So I'm fine with it. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm zen about it, I guess. Life can be fulfilling in many ways yeah, totally. is what I've learned. Yeah. And also, I actually had a client this morning ask if I wanted kids. And I was like, you know, what it really comes down to is like, I'm just really happy with how my life is right now. And to have a kid is a huge change and I don't want anything to change. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like the simplest way to put it, to get anyone to just fucking understand. I love that. I feel like we can wrap um, up this thesis by saying uh, that redefining... Re- kids suck no. yeah yeah but no but like redefining like what's beautiful really is like by like what i heard from you millie is your parents are happy that their child is happy yeah do you know and that's mm-hmm. like all that a parent i think at the end of the day wants whether they think that happiness is going to come from what they want for them or whatever but that they're totally. they're happy that you're happy and i think that that's i mean that's beautiful that's what beauty is right that's what our generation i think thinks like that beauty is is just like being happy right. being confident being like healthy well, and I hope that people recognize that in me. Like, I hope that people understand that I'm happy. And yeah. that, I mean, it's not always a walk in the park. No, life is hard. Life is hard. It's like everybody has their own struggles. But right now, I feel like I'm in a really good place. Like, I'm happy to be alive. I think about that shit all the time. Mm-hmm. I do what I want to do. I've made a lot of headway in my career. I've got good friends. I've got great family. I feel physically strong. I'm working towards feeling stronger. Like I do the things like I, I think at the end of the day too, I just have this like really natural curiosity to try new things and to be open to new experiences. And Mm -hmm. it's not easy to start over for things, you know, like things that you really want. Sometimes they don't work out. And you just have to, like, figure out another way to get there or try Mm -hmm. something new. And I've always been able to do that. And I'm happy to have that. I hope that that radiates some kind of beauty. I hope that people feel like that's beauty is being like, you know, somebody who can, I don't know, just like stay in the world and, and try to find joy in it. So totally. Yeah. Um, so much of life is getting comfortable with getting uncomfortable, yeah. I think, mm-hmm. and getting comfortable with change because things are always changing. And I think that you're doing it well. Yeah. 
I think Thanks. So I, I appreciate that. It's kind of like, I mean, not to take it back to powerlifting necessarily, but... Let's um, do it. No, I like that. So, sort of what I've learned, I think, over the course of the last, like, year about, you know, doing this sort of lifting phase of my life is that uh, the program that I do is simple, but it's not easy, Mm. If that makes sense. Makes so perfect so sense. it's like that thing where you're like, the activity itself seems simple, but it's not supposed to be easy. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, yeah. in a way, I kind of feel like you can't have it be simple and easy. If it's simple and easy, then nothing happens. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. So one of the variables has to be different. And the challenge aspect of lifting is what I'm interested in, too, is just the fact that it's like, you can't be like, well, I did it. I'm done. I've lifted all the weights I can lift. And now I can just move on to the next thing. It's like something you're always going to work towards. And even if you simplify your actions, like if you only do like four lifts when you go to the gym, you know, you're improving each time and you're lifting heavier each time. So that's life. You know what I mean? It's like you just take on more and more challenges and you can get through them. I mean, I don't know. It's it, like I'd, I'd be a bro that makes that metaphor of like lifting is life. But, you know, it's like in a weird way, it kind of is. There's kind of a lot of parallels, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Let's adopt this for chicks. I've never heard it before. So if it's a bro thing, fuck a bro. Let's make this a chick thing. I love it. Fuck a bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not literally, but if you want to, that's on you. Do you know? Okay. Do you know what I learned about lifting? Alex, you're going to appreciate this because we spoke about this in our microcurrent episode with Dr. Obecker is uh, lifting, power lifting helps to create uh, osteoblasts, which is what helps to create more bone. Ooh. So as women, because yeah. we're consistently losing bone density, it helps to uh, replace it, helps you to continuously grow it. Yes, that's part of why I like lifting weights. Yeah, osteoblasts, baby. Yeah. Trying to keep my bones fucking healthy so I make it into old age without being... I don't know. Brittle? Not able to walk. Well, and like the the setup, like when I first came to the barbell club that I am in, it was basically like I went to their website and it was like, do you want to put your suitcase in the overhead cabin easier? (laughs) Do you want to lift this gallon of water? Do you want to sit on a toilet easier? That's why you should lift and more. You know, it was just like this totally thing where I'm like. Oh, yeah. It's just like life movements. Because it does, you know? Dude, I love that because when I was Googling, like doing research for this episode, one of the first things that kept coming up was how good it is for burning fat um, and for making, like, getting your glutes great. And it was like, dude, I hate that when I type in powerlifting and women, this is what fucking comes up, burning fat, like fuck off. Yeah. So I love that this that, that they took the opposite approach, which is what I was hoping to find, which was like staying alive, bitch. Yeah. Do you want to stay alive and be mobile? Exactly. No, no. And, and that, that speaks to me. Like that speaks to my rational brain. Whereas mm-hmm. if you said, do you just want to feel like if it, if it was packaged in this whole like, I don't know, um, sort of uh, uh, hard to grasp sort of like reason wellness bullshit yeah if it yeah if it was definitely (laughs) like this kind of like wellness words blah 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 I'd be like okay but the fact that it was just told to me simply like do you want your back to not hurt just straight up do you want you know to have powerful thighs to crush men's heads in 
great. <laughs> jo- join, jo- join the club. Um, I love it. So great. Um, before you jump off, Millie, I do want to talk about one thing that you did mention is your book. Oh, yeah. So October 25th, uh, TCM Underground, 50 must-see films from the world of classic cult and late-night cinema mm-hmm. by Millie DeCherico. Coming out. Yes. Congratulations. Congrats. Thank you so much. I pre-ordered much. it already on Amazon, and you can do the same, listeners. Beauty Baddies, go pre-order. Shit, I need mm-hmm. to do that. Oh, thank you. I love pre-ordering books, especially books by people that I know, because it's like $25 is nothing. It's not that it's nothing, but like in New York City, especially in, in this fucking economy, yeah. what can you get for 25 I can't even get a, a car, a trip to God. the studio for $25. So I spend that buying snacks at the bodega now. Yes, literally. So if I can like, you know, help a friend... Uh, for 25 bucks, done. I appreciate done. it. I, I really appreciate it. I've never written a book before, and I am, uh, like, I'm scared. I'm excited. I'm like, wow, this is actually happening. Like, so I, it's been so nice to have friends and people, like, mention it and support it and pre-order it because, like I said, I'm just like, this is all new for me. So I'm like, oh yeah, pre-order. Oh cool, people can pre-order. Like when I saw it on the like Amazon link, I was like, oh my God, what? This is so weird. Like- This is real, it, it's happening. It's real, yeah. So I I don't know, I really appreciate you mentioning it and pre-ordering Absolutely. it, so. That's so exciting. And I know I told you this when I first met you, but I grew up watching uh, TCM. Like we watched a ton of old movies as kids and we were such nerds. And so Mm -hmm. that was one of the things when I saw that you guys had a show in Exactly Right and I knew that we were like negotiating our um, contract. I was just like, oh, my God, kindred spirit. This is incredible. I know. I when I remember when you guys first came on board, I was like. East Coast people, yes, yes. No, I'm kidding, but, you know, <laughs> no, the same. I was like repping East like... Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I can say this now. I moved back. Okay, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I was just like, I was so excited for you two to, you know, be on the network, and we feel like kindred spirits to you both. So we're so happy thank you're you. here. That's so nice. Millie, thank you so much for chatting with us. This has been really fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, what a word I never use. Thank you so, so much. That was so fabulous, darling. <laughs> so fabulous. <laughs> so Tuesdays, I saw what you did on Exactly Right, anywhere podcasts are streaming. And then October 25th, TCM Underground. It's so soon. That's very soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's for uh, spooky season for Halloween. So yeah, mm. love it. Thank you for, for having me. Honestly, like, I am so happy to, you know, be here with you guys and to talk, talk all this stuff. I don't get to do it often. So when anytime I get to, it's a real treat. It's very special. So thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for being that so really important. Yeah. So open and, and candid and honest is really important. Really, really. And, and so grateful. Oh, thanks. Hey guys, what did you think of our conversation with Millie? Did you fall in love with her? I'm definitely in love with her. I fell in love with her a long time ago. It was more so that I can't believe we had her on to come and just like share and open up so much with us and, you know, hold her reign as bad bitch supreme. Yeah, I think I have like a little crush. A little. I love this. I just love when women lift heavy weights. Yes. I love it. Is that because they could lift you? 
<laughs> You're so tiny and pocket sized. <laughs> She's like, I can lift 200. I'm like, okay. Yeah, just two of me almost. I love this for Shapiro and for Millie. I would love to see it also. Just like That's you hilarious. completely like, you know, hands behind your head, That's like 90s really style. Funny to think about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I also love like the Women's Barbell Club. I love that it exists. I'm going to look and see if there's one in Brooklyn. Yeah. And maybe I'll make it there because I want it to be strong too. Just like Millie and Serena. No, I fucking love that. Um, beauty baddie moment of the week. All right, you guys, our beauty baddie moment of the week is an unfortunate name for my favorite segment. (laughs) (laughs) The beauty baddie moment of the week is where we recap a moment during the week that we felt beautiful in a non-traditional way. These can be moments of growth, moments of self-care, moments of happiness, whatever. You can record us a voicemail if you'd like with your beauty baddie moment of the week at 866-6-BADDIE. What is your beauty baddie moment of the week? Oh, I'll tell you. So <laughs> I um I recently became a plant mom and I would always say that I have a black thumb, which I do literally have a black well, it's brown. But I would kill plants all the time. I could never keep a plant alive. But I like to say that at this age you gotta nurture something, whether it's a kid or an animal or a plant, and I chose plants. <laughs> and I'm doing a pretty good job. I've got a nice little jungle going on. And so then I thought, okay, let me, you know, these okay, so first let me say that I'm buying all of my plants from this website that I love called Rooted. And my friend Chelsea told me about it. But I love it because basically they are like Bitch, you fucking up your plans? Can you not keep anything alive? These plants are for you. <laughs> Which I need that kind of direction. Um, so I moved from like, can't keep shit alive up to, um, this is like semi-drought tolerant. Not drought tolerant, bitch, semi. So you can get a little like wiggle room, right? Two of the plants were that they had to be, use filtered water. And so, um, or they That's could like- That's so bougie. I know. Of the plants. This, this is what I'm saying. Next level. Do you know what I mean? I was like semi-drought tolerable, but bitch has got to be Evian. That's kind of like me. Do you know what I mean? Like you can fuck off for a little bit, but when it comes time to, to do the thing, it's got to be nice, you know? So long story short is I got this Japanese burnt charcoal stick that is supposed to detoxify mm-hmm. water. Um, and I started using that to water these plants. And these- Two new plants just started fucking dying. Like, could not keep them alive. The leaves Does that just mean started. The charcoal doesn't work. Okay, well, let me finish my story, girl. Because <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not I'm sure. Disturbed. First of all, I'm not sure. But I use one too. Well, I thought I was really upset about the charcoal, but then even more than that, I was like, bitch, if this water is killing the plants, what the fuck is it doing to you? And then I started thinking about our clay episode and all of the different ways that the toxins are getting into our bodies and trying to kill us. And I kind of freaked myself out. So then I Googled, like, what's the best water purifier? And long story short, as it turns out, you can get great, like, the water purifiers that you put directly onto your faucet for very, very affordable. And when I say very, very affordable, I mean $40. $40. Yeah, me too. I I was like, why did I think that this cost two hundred dollars? And I can't tell if like you know, uh, trade with China opened up and so everything got much cheaper, or if the last time I looked, like forty dollars may have been two hundred dollars at the time. Do you know what I mean? Like in my yeah. mind. But long story short, is I got a, a purifier for my kitchen faucet. I got a purifier for my shower because then, uh, you know, you know, Amazon, everything else starts popping up. Um, And, you know, I got sensitive skins, and so I don't want the nasty New York City hard water. So I got all these water purifiers, and one plant died. The other one's making a comeback. The other one's making a comeback. It's the water. So that's my beauty baddie moment of the week. Taking my health into my own hands, 
And I'm really excited about these water purifiers. I know that's a weird beauty baddie moment of the week, but I'm very, I'm happy about it. No, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So if this is you, if I'm telling you this and you're terrified of, you know, all the toxins, get you a filter. They're literally $40. I typed in best water filter, 40 bucks on Amazon. I love it. Yeah. What's yours, Shapiro? My beauty baddie moment of the week is not non-traditional. It's very traditional. I got my hair done on Friday. I saw it in your stories. My highlights done. (gasps) I just feel brand new. I feel brand new. I felt like as I was leaving, the girl who did my hair was like, oh, who's that hot girl leaving my salon? And I was like, God, that's probably what you say to every client, but I feel so good. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't mean that it's not true. I had been in that chair for so long that when I went to take the robe off and leave, I forgot that all I had on was a sports bra. And I thought that I had accidentally taken off my shirt. Is that dream when suddenly you're naked? (laughs) Yeah. It was really weird. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've just been here for too many hours. But I go back and forth because hair is expensive. And I really only do it twice a year because of that. But maybe also because I only do it twice a year, it's more special. And I always just feel really fucking good. Yeah, blonde is very expensive. Yeah, it's pricey, but I feel so good. It's worth, you know, the $300. And you don't, Shapiro, you don't uh, you don't splurge on yourself often. You're very frugal. I don't. So this is like my thing. I feel like yeah. everyone has their thing when it comes to beauty stuff, especially. Totally. And that's my thing. I so that was my you. beauty body moment of the week. It's the best. Beauty body moment of the, the week best. can be anything. It can be traditional or non-traditional. Don't you ever forget about that. That's what makes true. it the greatest because beauty is true, true, true. It's here, there, it's everywhere. It's whatever the fuck you want it to be. Yeah, honestly. It's aging like a fine wine, it's powerlifting. It's here, there, it's everywhere. <laughs> oh, it's true. That's true. Yeah. And don't forget, guys, you can pre order Millie's book. It is called TCM Underground. 50 must-see films from the world of classic cult and late-night cinema. So that comes out October 25th, 2022. You can pre-order it on Amazon. And then also don't forget to tune into I Saw What You Did on Exactly Right. It's a great show. And you get to hear Millie again. I like hearing her talk. I know. And you get to hear Millie again. She she and Danielle are so fucking smart. I meant everything that I said about how much I love their show. They The lens that they look at these films from is so... Uh, unique and it's a perspective it's like I mean it's my perspective because I'm a woman of color and so do you know one of the things that I loved um, here's a little teaser is they were talking about Dead Poets Society which is a movie like I've never seen but it's like I know the gist you know it's like one of those kind of classic films that like everybody talks about and they were saying that you know this is a prep school like with these really wealthy boys and we're supposed to feel so much for them you know while uh, their teacher is trying to like teach them how to you know enjoy poetry and all these things and they said but at the end of the day these are the men that grew up to deny you your mortgage and yeah there's something to be said for that and I was like them bitches just dropped the mic <laughs> like that's crazy I never <laughs> do you know what I mean it's like it's I love taking these movies and flipping them on their head from the perspective because there's so many films that I watch that I'm like that that I'm like yeah I'm black this wouldn't happen like and so mm-hmm. it's really nice to to hear these really really intelligent really passionate women discuss film um, and they do funny things too they do like a whole episode on the Waynes brothers like they do like they do high end and low end which is which makes it very very fun they do new they do old it's just a great show so definitely check that out I love that. And I'm excited for her book. Yes, for sure. Um, You guys, you can um, follow us on the gram. You can DM or email us your listener letters and beauty body moments of the week on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast or True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast at gmail.com. 
You can follow our personal Instagram accounts. I'm at the Brown Elizabeth Taylor. I'm at Alex Lindley. You can make an in-person or virtual appointment at truebeautybrooklyn.com to hang with Elizabeth. Or you can make an in-person appointment to meet with me, Alex, at cheekybrooklyn.com. And that is it. it. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. This has been a COCBK production produced by Elizabeth Taylor and Alex Shapiro, mixed by BetaWave. Follow us on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.